you know, know how, how it goes. goes. Study hard. Finish uni. Graduate with your friends wearing a silly hat. Get a job and, and live, live happily, happily ever after. after. Until, of course, there's a global pandemic and everything goes into lockdown. Will I ever graduate? Are there any jobs? What should I be doing? Will there be a summer? Join us. Two recent graduates. As we chat to experts to try and figure out what happens next. And attempt to kickstart our careers while in lockdown. Episode four. And how on earth have we got this far? (laughs) We keep coming back. We're like a bad penny. But this episode is a big one. It's all about interviews and CVs. And we were kind of hoping by episode four that maybe, just maybe, one of us might have been lucky enough to get a job interview. But unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. So we haven't really got any interesting anecdotes to start the episode with, unfortunately. So we were having a bit of a chat before we started and we realised that we're quite different in how much experience we both have. I realised I actually haven't had a proper full-on job interview. Any job I've done has been... We just need someone, just do it. So I don't have very much experience with all this. But Mike, you've got loads. Yeah, I went through like a six month spell of my life where I was having about three job interviews a week, but none of them for jobs I actually really wanted to do. Did any of them go really badly or have you got any awkward stories? Uh, One time the interviewer asked me, what's something challenging I've had to deal with recently and not really thinking very much. I just said, I broke up with my girlfriend last week. Oh no. Cue some quite awkward silence. And then the interviewer, bless her, trying to carry on with the question. So they went, oh, and how did that make you feel? And how did you get over those problems? And I was like, to be honest, I ate quite a lot of food and put lots of music on. Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I wouldn't recommend going down that plan. So what we've done to try and get some much needed advice for job interviews, we've contacted two recruiters and we were trying to think of a creative and fun way to do this. So we came up with this. A wise person once said, if you can't get the job you love, learn to love the job you do. So because I've always wanted to host a game show, we've decided to do something extra exciting to explore how to stand out in an interview. We've asked two sets of interviewers how to stand out and we're going to be pitching them off against each other in our interview game show. In the red corner, we've got... My name is Paul Lewis. I'm the director and co-founder of an organisation called Hoop Recruitment. So we specialise in nursing, social care, social work, uh, company finance, HR and education recruitment. And in the blue corner, it's a tag team effort. Hi, I'm Lauren. I am the recruitment lead for Circle IT. I'm Katrin. I work at Circle IT. I work within the HR team. There's just one person we need to introduce. Our careers advice expert, our resident analysis. Is my career in lockdown's very own Chris Kamara. Please make some noise for Catherine Elmer. Are we ready for this? Chloe is going to ask a question for each round. We're going to hear an answer from one employer and an answer from another employer. Kath is then going to give us a bit of analysis and what she thinks of each answer. Do it. Round one. 
What stands out to you most in an application? What we really like to see are tailored applications. We really like to see your achievements rather than just listing your duties that you've had in a job. Really tell us what you did, what you achieved, what made you stand out and you know what sets you apart from other people that are applying that may have the same background. We really like to see things like your hobbies and your extracurricular activities. And it's all about personality and, and bringing yourself to life on a piece of paper. Touching on, on what Lauren mentioned there around achievements, making sure that that really stands out on that front page because you've literally got a few seconds to impress a potential employer. Dave, what I absolutely love to see as part of applications is that extracurricular. You know, those are the sorts of things that we can talk about as part of any interview. Uh, I think for me, it's the kind of personal contact from the individual. If it's a job I really want, I would take the time to really understand the specification, understand what the, the company looking for, and actually kind of tailor my application appropriately. But generally, I think it starts with not just clicking the apply button, but really thinking long and hard about the specification of the job and actually how you can bring out your experiences and your CV or the application you put together to make sure that you stand out from other individuals who are applying for that job. Well, that was brilliant advice. I totally agree with what they said. And it's the word that we're quite obsessed with in careers, tailoring. It's what we talk about all the time. And what they said was that your application has really got to be tailored. The other thing I really thought was brilliant from those responses was make it count really early on. I have read loads of CVs, loads of applications that have got the absolute brilliant points right at the end. By then, the employer's already popped it in the bin. Round two. What guarantees that you won't get the job? Have people come into interview and they're chewing, chewing gum? Like for me, that's, you know, common sense. You, you wouldn't do that. I think in formal language and slang, we still need an air of professionalism because fundamentally you're going to be representing your organisation. I think people sometimes let themselves down by not doing the research and, and, and the work to get into the interview. Do your research on the company. That, that's absolutely, that's paramount. I've seen some shockers over the years, I can tell you. We don't need to see quite a lot of stuff that goes on CVs. For example, in the past, I've seen literally every single thing about somebody. So their hair colour, their eye colour, their weight, their children's names, their date of birth, everything. And it's just so irrelevant. We don't need it. See all the good stuff gets lost at the bottom and you're probably just going to get put on the no pile. I think as well, something that really stands out on a bad application is, do you remember those email addresses you have when you're young kids and they're things like badgirl4 at hotmail.com and stuff like that? We don't want to see stuff like that so think of a professional email it's just your name will do oh my word gum in an interview what a nightmare that is such a no-no you've really really got to avoid that and this idea as well about personal details on a cv i've seen that lots of times people will say their marital status it's not your you know your dating profile people do have things on there that just is totally unnecessary so i totally agree with that as well and email choices um, you would think it wouldn't happen but trust me it does so yeah you've got to make sure your email's good Round three. How can someone set the best first impression in an interview? I think just be yourself, like be outgoing, be chatty, be friendly. We all know that nerves get the better of us at interviews and that's perfectly natural. But I think even if you are nervous, just say, oh, I'm sorry, my nerves are, you know, all over the place. And just sit down, have a glass of water, relax and just make some small talk, have a bit of, bit of a laugh, a bit of banter and, and just make, 
make yourself feel more relaxed and obviously build those relationships with the interviewers as well. So, you know, we're not dragons. We, we are there at the end of the day to try and give you the job. We're not there to try and catch you out or anything like that. You know, we want to have a chat, ask us about our day, ask us about what we do in the business and just really build those relationships and engage. The most important thing is that you are yourself because this is your opportunity now to really sell yourself, to engage with those individuals and build those relationships. And that's what's so important. I think the honesty of an individual, and I've been blown away a few times by when I ask a question, can you give me, give me an example of the most challenging thing you, you know, situation you've ever, ever dealt with? And some of the personal stories that the people told me I've been blown away by their level of honesty and sincerity and sobs. I mean, some people have been incredibly honest with some of the real challenges they face in their lives. And if someone is willing to trust you with that information that quickly, the bond is built quite quickly. So, yeah, that, that certainly impressed me. Oh, they count in everything in life, first impressions, don't they? So that idea of you've got to be outgoing and friendly, I think being friendly is what will get you the job, really. And this idea that you should build a relationship with the employer, ask them questions. How's your day been? How are things going? Thank you for having me. Oh, just being polite and being friendly is massive. Um, it was really interesting, I thought, what Paul said as well about being open and sincere. I think sometimes we're really worried about oversharing, but I thought it was lovely that Paul was encouraging you to actually build a bit of a bond and not to be afraid of being personal. I thought that was great advice. Round four. What's the most important question or your favorite question to ask in an interview? I think I'm the sort of interviewer that likes to ask a really open question and let people go. So I could literally ask something as vague as, tell me about yourself, tell me about your experience, and I'll just be quiet then and let them go. We want to see there that you've actually thought about it. You're not just, you know, rambling on about stuff that's not very relevant, but also we want to see your personality shine through. From my perspective, I like to ask quite like situational type questions. Really interested to find out what you as an individual has done, what value you have added elsewhere that you could bring to our company. So a question that we do ask is, have you made a mistake? The whole purpose of asking that question is around self-awareness. So understanding that you as an individual understand that it's perfectly normal to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. That's how we learn and that's how we, that's how we grow as professionals. How did you deal with that? Did you speak to your line manager to inform them about that mistake? Did you go and speak to your colleagues and say, listen, I've made a mistake here. How can we make this right? Did you have that kind of mindset, that growth mindset where you thought, I can learn from this rather than just hide? I tend to kind of stay away from the more kind of formal interview questions. and I'm more about the person. My, my favorite question is, what, what's the most common misconception people make about you? I think that's really interesting because it, it doesn't just say, doesn't ask an individual how people perceive them, but also how they perceive themselves. I think it's a really interesting psychological question to ask them because um, you get into the skin of an individual and it kind of puts them puts them off kind of that beaten track of a traditional interview question, really makes them think and you get to see the person behind. And actually we're all human beings are social animals. We want to work with each other and good people and like-minded people. I really understand what gets what gets them up in the morning, what really, really gets them going. Ah, I thought the question again that Paul brought up, tell me a common misconception about you. Wow, that's um, a really brave question to ask. And like he said, this idea that you get to see the personal, you get to see under the skin of somebody. I thought that was great. This idea of situational judgment um, questions that the girls talked about as well. 
that's really um, a classic one to just be prepared for. You know, when have you made a mistake? And think about the way you're going to structure that answer as well. Round five. Job applications are very different right now with lack of roles and online interviews. Do you have any specific advice for the changes that lockdown has brought? Well, we had an application this week. We didn't necessarily have a job actually for this, for this individual, but what they did was apply via the website. They also found my LinkedIn profile. They sent me a message directly. They also sent me an email directly and they asked and they arranged a time to speak with me to have a conversation about the business and a conversation about how they can help the business. Now, for me, that really stood out. We don't have anything available. That, that person showed a hunger and desire to, to join the business. And for me right now, you know, I look at that, look at that individual and say, right, okay, this, this person wants to work for the company. They've got the right ethics and morals. I'm trying right now my business to find somewhere where I can put that individual because I believe they've got the right attributes to join our business. They've shown that hunger, desire, determination. They wanted to apply for a job. There was no job there. It goes a long way to show that kind of initiative. You have to show value and what, what value you can add to your employer. I think you prepare the same way. I think you do all your research in the same way, but it's just silly little things like think about where you're setting up your computer. If you're in the spare room that's full of boxes of junk and, you know, old, old duvet strewn everywhere or really dodgy posters on the wall or something like that, just think about how you're going to be perceived and, and where you're based. I think as well, you know, I mentioned I've got a puppy. She's guaranteed to bark at any opportunity when something's going on. So if that is the case, don't be afraid to say, you know, I'm at home, I've got children, I've got family here, I've got a dog. If I'm interrupted, just give me two seconds, I'll mute it and I'll come straight back to you. So, you know, just, just be relaxed and treat it exactly the same way. You know, if your mobile went off in a face-to-face interview, you'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry, let me just sort that out and come back to you. Obviously, dress smartly as well. If you want your PJ bottoms on on the bottom, go for it. But, you know, just make sure top half, you're presentable. Yeah, remember it's a two-way street as well. You know, you're interviewing us as much as we're interviewing you. So don't be afraid to ask anything that, you know, you're not sure about or like Kat said, that you would normally find out in the office. Oh, I thought it was fantastic, this idea of encouraging a speculative approach. You know, it is really difficult to do. There's lots of people who are very sceptical of the idea, but I thought it was so encouraging to hear an employer say it's really something that's worked this week um, and it's something that has shown somebody's real hunger and desire and that they're going to follow that up. I thought that was so encouraging for students to hear that. I think that this idea that you could have the dog barking, you could have the doorbell going at any point, you've got to prepare yourself. These are some of the changes of lockdown, isn't it? So great tips there. Um, and yeah, ask the interviewer some questions. I think it's really good to to just have that conversation to show that you don't want to rush out the screen as soon as you can but you're happy to stay and chat and to engage and to ask more questions so it's really important that students do think about what will I say at the end final round what's the single best and worst thing someone can do in a job interview and do you have any final advice the worst thing for me would be not addressing me or not even acknowledging that I'm in the room. Being a non-technical person interviewing for technical roles quite a lot of the time, um, I obviously would work with a technical hiring manager. And I've had so many instances where we'll have candidates sit there and because they're giving a technical answer and they know I'm not technical, they literally won't address me. They won't even look me in the eyes. They purely speak to the one manager. That's definitely my biggest bugbear. I literally feel like sitting there going, hello, I'm asking you the question. And the best thing, don't try and put on a, a false interview face because we will get behind it and we will see that that's not real. So just be yourself, be really honest with us. 
The worst thing I think you can do is not knowing anything about the company and not knowing, you know, why you've applied for the role. It's really important to understand why you've applied for that role. What is it about that role that's that's interested you specifically? Best thing, make sure that you focus on building relations with the interviewers and focus on what value you can add. Just a message to the graduates, it will get better. I promise you it will get better. But right now, I think use your initiative, put yourself outside your comfort zone when it comes to employers. Um, there, there may be things that you, know, you had a, an idea when you went to university that you want to do after university, but very much the reality is the world has now changed. Again, I, I've been through myself, I wanted to be a retail buyer when I, when I left university, but there was no course for that. So I ended up, I fell into a path and went there a different path and all of a sudden kind of created and carved a career. You know, things will evolve and things will change. I think be open to pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And you know what, it's it's better to be kind of on the ladder and, and kind of learning from businesses as you go along and you will find a path along the way it will happen rather than kind of waiting for that kind of perfect thing. If you keep on waiting in this market, then there's a real risk that you, you might not get what you want. Oh, I thought it was fantastic when Catherine and Lauren were saying that it's really nice to just be responded to. Nobody wants to be ignored, do they? That's a horrible feeling. So yeah, even if the question hasn't come from somebody, just look at everybody. You know, I'm looking at Chloe, I'm looking at Mike. So I thought that was really good advice. And there's no point being somebody you're not as well. So this idea of putting on an interview face, you can't maintain that. You've got to just be yourself. You've got to speak in the natural way, obviously with a professional tone, obviously using your best language, your best grammar, but also just being yourself is really important because I think when it comes to interview, what they're thinking of is, can we see this person fitting in with us? Can we stand at the coffee machine in the morning and have a nice chat? Because that's actually the people we want to employ, people we're going to get on well with. We can teach them the skills. They don't need to come to us fully finished, but are they nice people and are they actually comfortable around people? Kath, thank you so much. And are you going to be sticking around with us for the rest of the episode? You can't get rid of me. You know I'm not going anywhere. You're listening to My Career in Lockdown. Follow us on Twitter at Cardiff Careers. I cannot believe you've let me put that in the episode, Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to Katrin and Lauren from Circle IT and Paul from Hoop Recruitment for all their advice. And if you've got any questions for them, you can hit them up on Twitter. Or LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Talking of LinkedIn, Paul explained some stuff about LinkedIn that we've saved for next week's episode. I found that really useful just while we were doing it. Something that had never occurred to me was asking the employer questions in an interview. I get quite nervous and having not much experience, I would kind of be focused on what I'm going to potentially be asked rather than talking to them. Yeah, it's really hard to remember that the interview is just as much for you to decide if you want the job as it is for the person on the other end of the screen to decide if they want to give you the job. And you need to keep that power dynamic a lot more 50-50 even though you are bricking it inside. But yeah, that's something I'm going to try and do if at any point in the future I I get an interview. It was a very optimistic episode. It was all advice on how to get interviews and I was like, I've had three more job projections today. I haven't even got to an interview stage. (laughs) Kath was an awesome judge and afterwards we stuck about and had a little chat with her. So here's my career in lockdowns, Chris Kamara. So Kath, how can universities help us to prepare and what should we be doing before the interview? Interviews are awful, aren't they? I think everybody gets so nervous before interviews and it's a difficult thing to do. But I think it's like anything in life, Mike, you've just got to practice, practice, practice. 
it makes a massive, massive difference if you've gone through the types of responses you think you're going to give, because there's going to be some typical questions that are going to come up. They're going to ask you what you know about the organization. They're going to ask you, why did you apply? Why do you want to work for us? And then you can definitely work out some of the questions you're likely to have as well. Now, If anybody's listening who's at university, which I know most of our listeners will be, then universities are brilliant at supporting students. There's so many things you can do. At Cardiff, you could book a tailored mock interview. So you would book an appointment for a mock interview. It would ask you to upload the job description, upload whatever you might have submitted for that job. And then I would write you a mock interview. And then you would come online. We would see each other. So you could have a tailored mock interview. You might just want to have maybe a bit more of a generic graduate interview so we have mock interview Mondays and you're not going to have it so tailored to the particular job but you're still going to get the feedback and be able to chat about what you did well what could you do better we're also doing loads of online sessions so I did one myself again this week I've had another busy week and preparing for video interviews was actually one of the sessions that I did so I had students who were uh, there with me online thankfully the next one is July the 28th and we've got the next one after that on the 5th of August so preparing for video interviews is a session you might want to attend. Got any job worries or career questions? Email us careers at cardiff.ac.uk or find us on Twitter at Cardiff Careers. Last week, we sent you our CVs, Kat. What did you make of them? The first thing I want to say is it is awful having to send anybody your CV. And even though I've done this job over 20 years, I still feel for people when they send me their CV. You know, you're bearing your soul. You're saying this is the experience. This is my best bits. This is the things that I'm proud of. And as British people, we tend to be a little bit reticent to do that. So I know it's difficult. But honestly, guys, both of your CVs were brilliant. I'm not just saying that because I will give you lots of constructive criticism. It was interesting that, Chloe, you'd gone for a one-sided version. So that was quite interesting. Often in the UK, we're more used to a two-sided document. But in other countries, it's very, very common to have a one-sided document. And often it's called a resume. I also work with architecture students. It's very common for them to have images on their CVs and to make them much more creative. And you guys, you know, coming from your journalism background, you've got so much sort of creative side to your CVs. You know, Mike, with all your links and the creative things that you sent me, you know, that was really impressive. So you're always thinking about the reader, Chloe. That's the most important thing. That's the mantra that I always say is who is the reader and what will they be looking for and what will work for them. But you do have to consider the employer is very busy. They want to have that information really quickly. We don't want lots of narrative. We want it to be really concise and we want it to just really speak to that person. Often we make one document, we think that'll do, I'm sending it to everybody. That's when it starts to go a bit wrong. I did pick up some typos um, on your CV, Chloe. So so we do have to be really careful. And that's why it's so important to be brave and to show people because we become blind to that. And then, Mike, with yours, I noticed the word including was just used a little bit too much. So I just think sometimes if you see any word, if it's repeated, it starts to jar a little bit. So there's a couple of tiny points, but honestly, guys, Your CVs were excellent. 
we've probably said the word tailoring about a million times in these these episodes because this is something that took me a while to get my head around what specifically should be tailored on your cv so when we tailor a cv what we're thinking of is if you've got a job description that is what the employer has said is really important to them but something else i like to get students to consider is just this idea of thinking about Who's the employer I'm sending it to? What sort of buzzwords do they use? What do they talk about as their values? What are their attitudes? So trying to cleverly drop those things into your CV as well. But the important thing is you make this great CV and then sometimes we just put it aside and think that's it, job done. What we want is fresh eyes each time. So we think about, right, stepping back, I'm just going to spend 20 minutes looking at the employer's website and then looking at your CV and thinking, right, do I look like I'm actually the type of people that they like? It's a bit like when you're cooking, isn't it? And some people want spicy food and some people want it sweet. And there isn't like one recipe that you just put in the oven and you go, bang, that's going to do everyone. You've got to think who's going to eat your food and then be like, oh, we'll put more chilies in for them or we'll put more sugar in for them because they like different things. And that's sort of like your CV and applying for jobs. Absolutely, Mike. I couldn't have put it better myself. Anytime you want a job in careers, you're very welcome to join this, Mike, because <laughs> that is perfect. Yes, exactly. It's thinking about your audience, isn't it? And thinking about what's going to work for them. What was really good as well was the cover letters. And I think cover letters are often overlooked. We spend ages on the CV and then we just rush the cover letter and that's often a shame. So the cover letters I thought were really engaging. Mike, I loved yours. It was so personable. Your personality coming across is what you want. I think of the CV as the bones of you, but the cover letter is where the narrative comes in. It's where you can start to flow. You can start to be more chatty. Um, still very professional, but you do want to just come across as a real person and use that opportunity. So that's really important. This show isn't just about me and Chloe. It's about all of you listening. We want to know all your experiences and all your questions. So please get in touch. It's careers at cardiff.at.uk or find us on Twitter at Cardiff Careers. Systems online. A couple of weeks ago, Kath, you told us that writing a cover letter is a bit like a love letter, but I've got no idea how to write a love letter. So could you just explain what that means? Yes, of course. Well, actually, I'm no, <laughs> no expert on love letters either. But cover letters, I'm, I'm quite good at these. And But when we write a cover letter, we always have that paragraph that says, I'm really interested in you. And the reasons I'm interested in you is because you do A, B and C. And these are really important to me. And I think that I would be a good fit for you. Now, what happens often is we write that paragraph and... If we put our thumb over the word where the employer name is, if you think I could put somebody else's name there, but you haven't found something that makes them different. I suppose that's the same as a love letter, isn't it? If you could put your thumb over the girl's name and they still think, well, this could be any girl. Mike, it's not going to work for you, mate. You need to work harder on that letter. So it's a little bit the same with your cover letter. The bit that you're tailoring to the employer, you should be able to put your thumb over it and it should still refer to the employer. And then the paragraph that's about you, you should be able to put your thumb over your name. It should only refer to you and no other candidate. Yeah, I think that's really good what you've said there, Mike. Yeah, spot on. What if you haven't got loads of extracurricular stuff or the right kind of work experience? What if you're maybe struggling to fill a page? 
There'll be lots of people who, when they start writing their CV, start to feel like, I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing to put on my CV. You really, really do. You need to think about yourself first and foremost as somebody who has studied at Cardiff University or whatever university you're listening from. And you have got really in-depth experience of a particular area. You have done lots of things during your course itself, which can be put on your CV. So think about your actual degree itself and how you said enough about that there'll be transferable skills you will have had from that your communication skills obviously your you know presentation skills could be in that and um, your research skills but then extracurricular stuff you know you might think oh it doesn't matter that I was uh, sort of a member of that society I've got nothing to say about it but there will be some skills that you will have gained from those activities so have you made the most of those as well but sometimes somebody will say to me oh I, I only had a part-time job at Starbucks I'm not going to bother mentioning that but I say no it does matter you know you have gained that ability to work hard to work well with others to face difficult situations to deal with customers think about the role that you've had and how has it changed you as a candidate so think about any part-time job you've had it wasn't just our CVs that Kath asked us to send she also set us a challenge so Kath can you remind us what that challenge was yeah so last week the challenge wasn't it was to just be a bit more specific with your job search there's loads of massive job search boards but I was saying could you please find ones that are very specific for the types of jobs you're interested in so how did you get on with that challenge I found it really interesting because I'd heard of prospects mentioned but I hadn't actually looked into it and checked it out embarrassingly it was actually really easy to navigate the website and find the job profile I was looking for so I looked up broadcast journalist because that's what I'd like to go into and yeah it was great some of some of the jobs boards that I found were ones I'd already been looking because I was interested in those companies but there were definitely a few that I I hadn't looked at before that's really good news and how about you Mike did you do the same yeah I did similar so I looked at prospects but also I found looking on Twitter really helpful in terms of there's a profile called the media mentor Brilliant. who just tweets loads and loads of jobs in the media uh-huh. so finding accounts to follow then finding like sub accounts to follow from them so I applied for a few jobs based on that this week oh that's amazing I think job search is really difficult you know and, and it's a huge area to look into and the more specific we can be and the more tailored we can be with our approach it will really help so I need to give you this week's challenge then maybe Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, thinking about social media and careers advisors, we just absolutely love LinkedIn. And so I think what would be lovely this week is if maybe you could both just review the profiles that you've currently got. I know you're both on there already, which is fantastic. But I would like you to think about making maybe two improvements or additions to what you've already got. You could maybe make between five and 10 extra connections. You could write a post. You could change your profile picture. It could be various different things, but I'd like you to look at your LinkedIn profile with fresh eyes we were talking about earlier and think about, could you maybe make some improvements to them? And that actually flows us really into next week's episode, which is all about social media. And we've got an expert to talk to us about LinkedIn. Oh, brilliant. Well, that works out perfectly. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you so much again for all your advice, Kath. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's absolutely lovely to see you both again. And we'll get working on the LinkedIn challenge already for next week. Fantastic. I can't wait. I'll be uh, I'll be watching, of course. You know, always watching. <laughs> Have a good week, guys.
the best bit of that entire conversation was your face, Chloe, when Kath told you you had spelling mistakes on your CV. I, I'm really glad there's no video and you can't actually see my face because I went bright red and <laughs> I'm really, really embarrassed. I'm supposed to be an English lit student, graduate even, and spelling mistakes on my CV. Uh, I'm immediately going to change that. <laughs> Somehow, I didn't have any, despite the fact I got a geography degree and we famously can't spell. I'm resisting so much to make a joke about colouring in. That's fine. You won't have made one that I won't have heard before. (laughs) (laughs) So next week is all about social media and how we can apply for jobs more creatively and what on earth LinkedIn is. And don't forget, if you've got any questions or want any advice, you can email us, careers at cardiff.ac.uk. Or find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. We're all about LinkedIn now. We're going to have sick LinkedIn profiles by the start of next week. So you can do the same and we'll see you then. Catch you later.